You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. When we were redeemed, and we've talked about this a little bit already, in Romans chapter 6, Paul says something really important, something that a lot of times as believers we, we just have never heard directly or it just hasn't made sense. But in verse 22 of chapter 6, it says, But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification, the outcome, eternal life. In essence, what Paul is saying is, if you want to experience eternal life, it comes through slavery to God. In fact, that is where we are headed forever and forever. That might be a completely foreign thought for many of us. But if you turn all the way to Revelation chapter 22, in verse 3, it says, There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his slaves will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Guess who the slaves are? It's us. Now, when we think of slavery, we can only think of it in a bad context. But slavery within their world had kind of two aspects to it. One was this forced slavery that usually happened to people who had lost in a war against Rome or whomever is the conquering power at that time. Most people, though, were what we would call indentured servants. They sold themselves to a master to be able to work for them for a certain amount of time and received a benefit. It's closest, actually, to our concept of how we work today as a boss and an employee. We only have a two-week window that our boss gives to them. They would sell themselves and have an assured 20 years or however long they indentured themselves. What happens, though, is just like a boss today and a master in their world, is that slavery is either good or bad based upon the character of the one who owns you. We are owned by a great and good father who at his very core is love itself. Who else would you want to be controlled by? And this is where we are headed in the future. It's, it's actually where we started all the way back in the past because when he made us, the first words out of God's mouth are a command. He tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It is a command to them. And so when they rebelled in the garden and they sinned, they literally were throwing off the yoke of their master, choosing to live life however they wanted to live life. And we, their descendants, have reaped that curse from their rebellion, and we continue on in that curse. If we're going to undo that curse, not by our power, but by God's grace, it does not come about by us thinking up great ways we're going to fix the world. It comes from us simply being under God's control, being his employee, being his slave. 
And that slavery is going to go on forever and ever and ever. We better get used to it. And that's what heaven is going to be like. It's going to always be about fulfilling God's wishes and plans. And oftentimes when we think of where eternal life in heaven is going to be, we, we have this mindset that the gates are going to be open and it's just a free-for-all. It's, it's just go enjoy the amusement park. That's not what's painted in Scripture as what God is offering us. He's offering us to have purpose, to really be working with Him through our daily lives. And this is what is talked about in Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. It, it says something really in, interesting. This is after the, the new Jerusalem has set itself down on the earth. It says, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord, the God Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord illumined it, and its, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by, their light, by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. What's really interesting about that verse is that it describes nations and it describes kings. Well, where in the heck? is this coming from? What's that all about? Well, if you jump just a few verses ahead into chapter 22, verse 5, let's start there. It says, and there will no longer be any night and they will have no need of the light of the sun because the Lord their God will illumine them and they will reign forever and forever. Where all of creation is headed is as soon as we said, hey, we're going to serve him forever and ever, we'll be his slaves. The role he's going to give to you and me is to be kings and queens of this earth. Why in the world is that what, where God wants to take all of creation? Because that's where it started. If you go all the way back to the Genesis narrative in Genesis chapter 1, it says, hey, I just made you. Here's what you need to do. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over it. Our original creation, we were made to be kings and queens of this earth, taking care of it, watching over it, doing what needed to be done by the authority that God had given to us to be able to care for his creation. What God is doing then is he's bringing us back to that. That's why Paul loses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and says, Hey, don't you know where all this is headed? We're going to judge angels. We're going to govern them. Can't you govern your life today? Can't you govern your world in this moment, can't you take a little bit of authority? When we begin to know what God's plans are, when we begin to make choices that over time put him on the throne to receive all glory, honor, and praise, when we begin to do whatever it is he asks us to do, we're stepping into eternal life in the heavens. We're experiencing this this role that we will have forever and forever and that role is going to bring him worship in revelation chapter 22 when it says that the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it it's an exact phrasing of a passage that we find in isaiah chapter 60 and the vision that isaiah has is this new 
city, this new Zion, when, when everything is going to be made right and everything's going to be fixed, that the nations, and he describes these different nations that were part of his world, that they're bringing gold or they're bringing camels. And each one of those nations that he describes, they were known for their camels or they were known for their gold or whatever it is that they were bringing there. And our best guess as scholars is this. What John is describing here is that we are going to become kings and queens of this earth. We will have God's heavenly beings as our subjects that we will be ruling over, that we will be using to be able to accomplish and do what God has asked us to do. And out of that, we will be creating special products that are unique to where we live, unique to our gifts and our calling. And we are going to bring that into his temple on a regular basis. Well, it's just said his temple isn't in one place. It's everywhere because he invades everywhere. So literally everything we're doing is just bringing him glory. And right now we live in his temple. We live in the heavens. We have the opportunity that everything we do points to him and says he's awesome isn't he this is where paul goes to in romans chapter 12 when he says you know what therefore on account of god's mercies i want you to present your bodies as living sacrifices this is holy and acceptable to god your reasonable act of worship and do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll be able to prove what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will What Paul is trying to get across to his readers and to us is this. We have the opportunity to worship God every single day, to give him glory and honor when we simply give him ourselves. This is a different picture than what's painted most of the time. When we think of the eternal state, we often think that we're going to end up inside of some grand cathedral singing forever and forever and forever and forever. And this is completely facetious. If that's what heaven is, then I want hell. And I think you guys would want me there as well because you haven't heard me sing. (laughs) We tend to make worship only about singing. And Paul And the rest of scripture wants to say, worship is not about singing only. It's about giving who he's made you to be for his glory and honor. And so whenever somebody goes ahead and uses their gifts to make incredible dishes and just bring joy and people just see God's goodness through that food, they are worshiping him. Whenever they write a book, whenever they teach a class, whenever they sew a a dress, whenever they do anything that uses who God has uniquely made them to be, they are bringing him worship. They're bringing him glory. This is why St. Irenaeus says the glory of God is a person fully alive, a person doing what they were made to do. And that's what we'll get to do forever and forever and forever. We'll be able to be who he has made us to be. And everything we do in that being with all the help and authority will just bring him great joy.
what an opportunity we have today. We've already been made for a purpose. And when all we see is where we're headed to in the future and don't engage that in the present, we're missing out. We're missing out on eternal life in heaven today. So many of us are working for another boss, working for a paycheck, working for anybody or anything than the one who is our rightful master. We're not giving him our lives, the unique life that he has made us to have and to be for an eternity. And he's just simply asking us, use that. Use that to the best of your ability. Use that with all authority that I've given to you. Make your place on this earth. And as you do, you will give me honor and praise by being who I've made you to be. What a great calling. If, if that is where we're headed, could we just live into eternal life in heaven more fully today? Just like salvation, it's a process. It, it's not going to be complete any time in this life. We're, we're too far away from the great calling that God has placed on our, on our lives. But if all we do is wait for the future, we miss the present. And if we miss the present, then we become disconnected from where this all began. And we lose the trajectory that God has for his eternal kingdom. And that's where we need to turn next because we need to answer this question. Can you be saved, have eternal life in heaven, enter the kingdom of God, and not be a disciple? If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.